I might be from Rhode Island, but my cackle is worldwide. <laughs> my stomach problems are chronic, but my reads are iconic. <laughs> Did you see the way my eyes perked up when you talked about chronic stomach issues? Oh my God, you guys. Shout out to GIs all over the world. I have to thank you for your dedication um, to solving or not solving the tummy issues that have us taken aback. Uh, guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 333. I feel like that's got to be a, a special 333. I don't know anything about numbers. I bet Denise Richards' husband would have an opinion on I that. think that Aaron whose last name I forget, so we will call him Aaron Denise Richards, would have something to say about 333 as Big Pharma <laughs> waves to him from outside his door. Anyway, it's Andy's girl. So excited to have a return guest, someone who I love to connect with on social. You've been on the pod before. Such a light. So much a week to talk is all I have to say. <laughs> Welcome back to the People's People's Couch Except LOL on Zoom. Bravo-holic and someone whose job is almost as important as mine. Forensic social worker working in juvenile justice. <laughs> but do you watch all the housewives? That would be my question number two. Let's like even the scales a little bit. Uh, welcome back to AG Veronica Leventhal. Veronica, how are you? Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I love dishing about our favorite wives. <laughs> the look on your face when you said dishing. What a fucking week to talk about housewives. I feel like we just watched some... I mean, technically, I, on a technicality, I believe they are called and referenced and referred to as television shows, but mm. some wild TV. So I'm so happy that you're here for us to unpack it because uh, there's a lot to say. But I just have to ask, how are you? How are you doing this evening, fellow New Yorker, surviving summer? How are we feeling? I'm doing okay. I'm dealing with I have a foster dog and he keeps lunging and trying to um, bite men on the sidewalk. Mm, love his taste. Thank you. <laughs> on behalf of all people all over the world who would love to do the same. I mean, kudos to him. I, okay. We are working on it. I recognize that it's bad and it's a problem. He probably learned it from me, I have to say. I think I came over to your apartment and I showed him my hinge and he was like, got it, copy that. I understand. I just, yeah. I, I feel like these men are so upset that a dog is trying to bite them, which I get. <laughs> How dare they get mad? Suck it up. Toxic masculinity, oh, kick in. Oh, are you okay. afraid on a walk for one single second? That must be hard. Like, fuck off. I don't know. Every time they yell at me about my dog biting them, I'm like, Oh no, does someone touch you without your permission? <laughs> First off, like you shouldn't technically be bitten, but no, I'm no, not no, going to no. get mad at it. I'm not going to get mad at it. I do have to say my childhood dog, love of my life, no one will mean as much to me. And this has been quite very much true <laughs> since I was a kid, will mean as much to me as my childhood dog, Kirby. Kirby Gigi mm -hmm. Galley, middle name named after my grandparents' poodle. May its memory be a blessing. Her memory be a blessing. Kirby Gigi Galley, love of my life. German Shepherd mix, lab ears, protective, wonderful. I used to put my hands in her mouth and fiddle along. <laughs> I would play with her teeth. I'd put tutus on her. She'd scamper off and we'll pretend it's delight. Like, love of my life. My dad had his own law firm, was litigator, and had a client over, brought Kirby there often and said to the client jokingly beware of my dog as a joke but had closed the doors to his specific office so when the client opened the door to the office like to his specific room Kirby only saw this random guy and thought must defend my father and lunged for him and did make contact oh, God. with those teeth I used to fiddle with in an area you wouldn't want contact to be made. I don't know if 
that man continued to work with my dad. But I do know that we did have a dog psychologist come to oh, the house. Oh, my God. Yeah, and have a, a conversation with us and maybe with Kirby. I don't remember her thoughts on um, therapy at that point, uh, if she was in support of it or not. But we all learned some valuable lessons about dog behavior in that moment. So maybe there's some like generational pull. Yeah. Um, I might need to get a dog psychologist. I don't. Maybe. Maybe, maybe a trainer, mm-hmm. maybe a muzzle. You know, these are all options that I am yeah. thinking about. You know what? There's probably some sort of, you know, how the kids are with TikTok. There's probably like a dog space that's like dogs to dogs. Yes. I'm obsessed with dog training TikTok. I watch them all the time. (laughs) This is not a joke. It is uh, an obsession. And I am somehow he's still an asshole and I'm not getting any better. But I watch dozens a day and here we are. I love an asshole, so maybe it's the dog for me. If my building allowed literally any animals, I would have 30 to 40 dogs at this point. (laughs) I really would. Right now I have PK the fish, who's the love of my life. I almost at one point fostered a cat, but I couldn't do – this was in the Archie Bador days, um, Mm -hmm. PK's predecessor. May his memory truly be a blessing. Um, uh, PK is is with us and is quite a trooper, special guy. Archie was was a light. Archie Bador, my fish before him, but um, couldn't bring a cat into this household because I was like, I'm sorry. I literally said to the rescue, I was like, I'm sorry, I have to – I'm a parent to yeah. a fish. Like, I can't bring in something that could harm my first child. Sure. You know, I think that's yeah. special. I think that's parenting. I, think I that's agree parenting. with you. So what did you think of being a foster parent, taking care of your furry friend? Thoughts on Lucy Lucy Apple Juicy? <laughs> do you do you do you hearken back to those days? Do you maybe even think, wow, those those are maybe better episodes now that I have the experience that <laughs> Absolutely I'm having? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I think that the fostering process is really interesting because like you get to know a dog and then, Mm. you know, you, you're sort of like trying to, to prime them for like their real family. And like, so you want to like make them better, make them really good, make them shiny and like beautiful and you know, whatever, make someone want to fall in love with them. And, um, and I think it's, it's like really fun, but it's also really heartbreaking because then you Mm. get to love them and then they go away. But the whole point is to like, you know, learn to love something and then it'd be okay with it going somewhere else. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I think that's why I always love when people call themselves foster failures where they just, oh, like, yeah. just adopt the dog. They're just like, Oh, I gave it a day. <laughs> not meant to give stuff up, which I could appreciate. I don't know how well I would do with, um, saying goodbye. I think I'd be like, it's wow, so you're hard. I, I mean, I don't know. We keep talking about potentially failing with this dog, but <gasps> really with yeah. the biter yeah with that there's just something about him you know I love I love a dog that makes men afraid <laughs> <laughs> we say laughing this dog is literally assaulting people on the street and we're like puppy he's so cute oh he is gorgeous what's he's his so name chill. his name is Dewey Oh my God, I think you should keep that dog. <laughs> We're thinking Wait, about Dewey it. Wait, Dewey is like, I just got a little shot of Dewey and Dewey is like just ch- straight chilling on the bed. A beautiful, be- majestic even. <laughs> what kind of dog is that? Um, I'm really bad with types of dogs. Whatever, but someone, it's a dog. Someone told me it was a blue-nosed pit bull. Wow, Mixed beautiful. with something else. Yeah. I mean, got that sparkling personality there. Yeah, well, if anyone oh. wants to adopt a dog... DM me. You might convince me that I should give you Dewey. I mean, cast that dog on Housewives. My God. <laughs> I want to. What franchise do you think Dewey would best be a best fit oh, on? We got New Jersey. Obviously. I was thinking New Jersey. I, I got some East Coast. <laughs> I was thinking New Jersey or New York. I was thinking that dog. And I'm going to give them to Dolores and Frank. My. Um, <laughs> okay. I want Dolores and Frank to adopt me. So, like, <laughs> a 30 year old woman. I love it. I'm, well, Frank might be into it, but I don't know how you would react. Um, listen, 
can we please talk about the moment moments that took over social media this week? A certain wedding, a certain updo. I lost my fucking mind on Instagram when we saw the pics. Reactions to Teresa's wedding festivities. Okay, my friend just texted me that okay. what she did with the smoke machines, there's a name for it. It's very popular in New Jersey. It's called dancing on clouds. I know, right? And I was like, why the fuck? I just got married like in May. Like, why the fuck didn't anyone tell me about dancing on clouds, which I would have done. Everyone just kept saying like other dumb ideas that were terrible. I want a smoke machine that's cool as fuck. Yeah, I think a lot of people, I got a lot of messages from people who were like very upset about Teresa's wedding and whatever. And I have to tell you, I was thrilled by it. It was a spectacle in every way. The performers, her sizzle reel that she put out a day or two after, which was giving big Moulin Rouge energy, very things are happening. There are people on stilts. All of the money that he may or that Louis may or may not have was, <laughs> I'm not going to say yeah, laundered, who paid but for that wedding? Like, I'm I don't so... know that they know that's going to be a, that's the season plot three years from now when they're trying to figure that out in court. But um, until then, my God, yeah. it was everything we want from New Jersey. Was it not? Who wants taste? This is yeah. giving me taste, the taste of quality TV. I just feel like she's going to have like chronic neck and back problems just from wearing that hairpiece for one single evening. That was nuts. 2000 Bobby fins, I want to say, wasn't it? It was like a 2000. Yeah, something, something really crazy like that. It was, okay, it was her hair and makeup person. Was it the same person who does like a lot of hair and makeup on uh, Watch What Happens Live? Not Julius. Okay. I went to watch what happens live yesterday. I just put up guys a Patreon episode with my <laughs> behind the scenes experience at Watch What Happens Live, a viral extravaganza, and also some tea that Andy spilled do- during a Q and A with us. There are only twenty people in the audience at Watch What Happens, and it's just like an incredible experience. So listen to that Patreon if you want more. But um, uh, Julius was. At Watch What Happens doing Crystal's hair, maybe Crystal and Kathy's hair. And it felt like he was like a hair friend of like that. I've seen him in so much social doing so many of the housewives hairs, but he was not involved in Teresa's wedding hair. That was a different hairstylist that she's apparently worked with for a number of years. Okay. Um, who maybe, I don't know if she works at his salon or if they're totally separate. I think that they're totally separate. But the interesting thing about her hair is we initially only got photos of it. And I was like, oh, my God, Goodfellas, Jersey. <laughs> like, this is like the vibe. I'm here for this. More to come. But when we got video, I couldn't to see not only the angle of Mm. it but the size of it versus her Mm -hmm. face was it looked so much bigger in the the difference was so much more specific in the video that then I couldn't get enough of watching video because I couldn't I couldn't shake it it like became a part of me yeah, remember when you were a kid and you would do that thing where you go in the pool and you do like a George Washington? Like What's a George Washington? You like flip your head over underwater and then like flip it up when you come out of the water so your hair sort of does this like poof in the front that makes you look like a founding father. You never done that? That was No, I think that was you, but okay, I love well. it. I'm into your journey. <laughs> <laughs> That's was she one, giving you? She was giving you a founding like. father. It's like a little, yeah. like a mini one, like like just a like whoop. mini. I mean, <laughs> just the front part. <laughs> she was giving TJ Max and Easta. There was big Max energy with that. I mean, in the fact that it was ten thousand dollars, I was like, fine. When you have like Cirque du Soleil entertainers for truly no reason, just scampering about and professional dancers performing for truly no and lobster for days I mean what's ten thousand dollars on your hair you spent allegedly tens of thousands on security what is 10k for Teresa Judice in this world truly what is 10k yeah 
Sure. I mean, it's just the extravagance of it. It took me, it took me aback, but it was also like a thrill to participate in it, which to me inspires a question to you because as I said, you have this very serious, intentional work and work that you're doing, which my guess is is a, a pretty big passion in your life working as a forensics social worker whose focus is on juvenile justice. So what is your experience watching Housewives noting, my guess is your work can be very all-consuming and stressful and also important. It's life-changing for the people that you work with. How does that affect your relationship with with Housewives, the outlet that Housewives provides or the escape or the idea of justice like what's that what's that experience like for you I think um it definitely is an escape and something that I use to decompress um I hope that my job or that my work the work that I try to do is impactful but sometimes it's not at all or it feels like it's not and then you just want to do something that makes you feel good and is fun and Mm. just not as yeah, serious or, or doesn't, there's no weight to it. Like some people decompress while watching really serious, heavy shows and, Mm -hmm. and, or horror or something like that. And I just, I can't, I need something that's very light and not, you know, whatever, not heavy. But, um, I also think that it is sometimes hard to watch these shows because I often have a weirdness around wealth because Mm. I get so annoyed. I can't watch the Kardashians because I know that they have genuinely so much money and their their philanthropic giving is horrendous. They largely only donate to their own church, which is just like a tax write-off. So like, it makes me really mad. But with the housewives, it's so much of it is a facade. So like they'll, the they'll talk about how much money they have, but I know it's spread out over like 10 different credit cards. So sometimes it's, <laughs> sometimes it's easier to ingest than that. Is there a focus on even the justice in conspicuous consumption that you find somewhat, um, not like endearing or entertaining, but maybe restorative to you like the idea that people who present themselves as uber wealthy it might take several seasons but if that's not the case or there is the cost to another person that will ultimately be revealed does that make it more palatable the idea of justice potentially being served just even in a possible plot reveal yeah sometimes but I also think that it's like part of of letting go completely is like letting go of those hangups like people Mm. can be like that is I think that part of my problem with it is like it's aspirational to be so blind to the ills of the world that like all you care about are you know houses shoes bags whatever like your Mm -hmm. you and your friends dumb problems and that feels so good like I wish that I could be like that sometimes because it seems so much easier and Mm -hmm. so I think that like watching them is also pretending that I can do that that I just Mm -hmm. am just a housewife Mm -hmm. no I hear you and and from the justice perspective you know there is something to be said for people at a certain level of wealth and access, power, community, and that perspective, being able to treat people like shit and get away with really poor behavior. And I'm sure that will continue. Um, but within the Bravo construct, there's a pushback for some of these people. I think of Diana in the sense of like, you probably are not used to hearing anything but yes in your life because that's what you pay for. But there is a an element of justice regardless of whether or not you laugh it off in getting pushback even if it's just online or maybe it's from your cast members possibly it's from Andy at a reunion that they don't necessarily feel and typically don't react too well 
what is that experience like for you even watching like the potential for Bravo justice being served in that sense? That is definitely the other side of it that I think is so fascinating is that like these shows are a reflection of our own culture. And so when you are watching them and you are seeing what they are frightened about, like, don't call me a racist, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. or seeing what they care about, like homeless people having teeth, um, (laughs) or like, you know, all these things are important because they're teaching you something about like what this certain echelon of society believes, which isn't isn't small like that's and and I think the dialogue online is also really interesting because it shows like what people are paying attention to and what other people are caring about and and how the the changing dialogue in this country is even showing up on things like the real housewives Mm -hmm. or like how people need to have how, how people are who are in the public eye are expected to have a little bit of an understanding of like some of the social justice issues that are happening in this country right now. And if you don't, you might be, you know, not back because it's, that's no longer deemed an appropriate way to behave in the public eye. And also when it comes to social justice, just the idea of like social media justice for issues and scenes and moments in Housewives where if you described it to an outsider, someone who didn't watch, doesn't watch religiously or doesn't necessarily know these women, well, there was this really serious thing that happened on Beverly Hills because of Lisa dealing with the death of her mom, but also a reveal of did you buy a table or tickets at Elton John's event, and also a cast member didn't thank her appropriately or often enough for some bolognese sauce at a thing, where it sounds superficial but there's still meaning in that in the pursuit for these cast members to seek revenge or justice or reputational resolution or even just fighting with each other the conversation that can be had from that is still incredibly meaningful I think for people which is why the Bravo universe is of particular interest to a lot of us remember do you watch Southern Charm Ugh, I'm so behind in it. I heard this season is a fucking mess. And yeah. I watched, I I know I watched the first episode. I I don't remember if I watched the second. I'm sure I probably did, but I'm not. I'm I got a lot of shit going on. I yeah. don't. I, I'll probably watch all of it tomorrow. To be honest, like it can I can change at any time. But um, but the long and short of it is I am not up to date. Why are they doing great work over there? In in uh. Well, I would not say that, but there is a very interesting thing happening between the newest blonde woman who's supposed to be dating Austin, Olivia. Thank you. I, don't, I'm, I hate that. I know. I hate. No, that I'm now. just really bad with names. And then Vanita, who is like their only black cast member. And well, I guess other than um, what's Catherine's boyfriend, but um, Caleb, yeah, on again, off again. So Vanita and Olivia are having issues and um, Vanita and Olivia was upset with Vanita because of the way that she was talking to Catherine and brought up that Vanita implying that Catherine was racist was like the cause of their issues. And Olivia like left the room, I think, when Vanita said that word. And later when they were talking about it more at a tea party, um, oh, oh God. <laughs> uh, she was like, I just like, I, I think that's a very serious allegation. I don't want you throwing allegations like that around. And it was just like, okay, so this new generation of people who are going on reality, who are probably, I'm just potentially assuming might be more conservative. Um, they are learning that like, you can't even be around anyone saying the word racist. And so what you do is you just exit the room and you refuse to talk to the black person, which is like so insane. And, and what a crazy response to be like, I won't engage at all. I won't talk about this at all. I will just shut it down immediately because God forbid that word is mentioned in my presence. Someone might like connect me to it and then I'm canceled. I mean, for that conversation to happen at this particular time or any time in the South is not, I, I don't know that that's new. I don't think that, I, I mean, I think that that's sort of an ongoing 
But it um, reminds me of um, the way that Rinna reacted too to that word, like in the past where she's been like, you can't just like say someone's a racist. And it's like, I mean, what, why are you so scared? Why are you so scared? Well, it's also a conversation about having the conversation. Like, are we going to talk about the potential for reputational damage from the use of a word that is obviously incredibly powerful? Or are we going to talk about the actual behavior around the conversation? Because if we can't talk about it with assigning it a name or at least decrying the potential use of a name, then we're not necessarily going to get into the conversation, which is probably the goal here, subconsciously or otherwise, is to avoid conversation and just focus on volume and fleeing, which is can be directly applied to conversations that um, could be, you know, construed as political in nature, but also can be applied to moments that we saw on um, Housewives this week. I mean, I think specifically of Atlanta and Beverly Hills, where there were some real moments to be had in the last 10 minutes of both episodes that to me raised a lot of questions about intention, which I want to get your thoughts on, starting with Atlanta, um, without necessarily knowing your reaction to Atlanta this season, how did you unpack the fight and argument that was happening between Marlo and Candy and also you know, of course, Drew and Ralph. Oh my God. I mean, first of all, Ralph is the worst. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Horrible, oh my God. horrible man. Like mm. you are, I mean, I hope to God they didn't have conversations about him adopting her son in front of her son. And now he's refusing to do it because I, re- I feel like I remember that they did. Same. That's what I was trying to remember, but I didn't have a chance to go back into last season, but I thought I remembered that. And like, I don't know if he fully understands what that means or if he doesn't get that it hasn't happened yet, but like, what a spineless little twig of a man. Oh, I hate him. Um, So, I mean, like, and, and the fact that Sonia thought she should ask him if she should have another child like are you okay what is wrong with you that's a do not ask him I mean that's like asking Marlo I don't think you should do that either um yeah I don't um think Marlo needs trauma therapy desperately um I think she does yeah yeah because I think that if she was like if she understood her own triggers and her own trauma mm. and and the way that like she could be replaying stuff from her own past with her nephews if she got that she would be good I I really believe that like I think she would be there in the few times we've seen her parent like I don't know I see really good things and and just things that make me hopeful but then I think she she, she clearly was just totally brought back to whatever happened to her in her childhood when she was dealing with stressful situations with her nephews and, or nephews? Yeah, nephews. Yeah, nephews. You're right, you're right. And like, she just was brought right back there and so she couldn't handle it and she let them go. And I don't think what she did was okay. I, I don't want to make it sound like that. Like, I don't think she should have done that. I But I think that if she just was like in adequate mental health treatment, she would be, she would be fucking good. I think she's got this. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos 
all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really try truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. And yet, what is... Where's the breakdown happening between her being obviously triggered by what is being shared about Ralph and not understanding the connection between feeling abandoned and, you know. Oh, because she's also a narcissist. Okay, so that's where we're, okay. Because I really watched that she, scene a couple times and I was like, what is happening here? Um, yeah, she's bad at applying those th- feelings that she has about other people to herself. She's, I mean, welcome, she's a, join the club, oh, my friend. She has a limited yeah. ability to be introspective, which is why I'm like, okay, she got really, really good therapy that was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, here's how you do it. And that like life coach guy she's going to, I don't think he's cutting it. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't seem to be doing the trick. 
Well, that was also like that felt very. I mean, any time that any of these people, I've seen like good therapy, done, or therapy that I found interesting and grounded. Like I think of Doctor Amador with Bethany. I actually thought was like very interesting on her spinoff. Um, and of course, there's like treatment that people have pursued that I think is also can be really valuable and and good. But like that specifically, I was like, oh, this feels like this is being not to take away from positive benefit it can bring but it did feel very much like we're filming this thing yes and I don't know if anything is going to come from it but at least it's a step somewhere yeah which I think is positive yeah I just don't want her to get like too much validation that like no you're doing a great job like give the kids to whoever you want whenever you want like no it's like get your head right and then you can do this and what's your response to her response when Candy tried to sort of, you know, oh my God, that bring was the so circle weak. together? That was so weak. What a bad, yeah. like, I don't know. I just feel like Marlo could be, can be really good at insulting other people. And that was like, <laughs> just so lame. That yeah. sucked. That was a bad comeback. She at one point said, to Candy, you can't be a good mom because of how hard you're working, which I thought was, I don't know. Marlo goes low and also old yeah. in like the stereotyping that she applies to insults. And it just felt so, for lack of a better term, passe <laughs> to say to another woman, well, you're not allowed to have both. And I know which is which you're failing at. You're too successful to be a good parent. And so I'm going to say that to your face. And it was just low-hanging fruit. It's like if I watched the show not knowing Candy at all and then was asked to insult her, I'd be like, oh, you're a bad mom because you work too much. Like that's her storyline always. So like, okay. Clearly she's fine with that or fine with that struggle of figuring out her work family balance because she shows it on television every single year that's all we get from candy Mm -hmm. um so like you I I just was I don't know I was just like Marlo come on I think she's lashing out a lot it's she's lashing out a lot in ways that are confusing her saying in a I think it was a confessional how dare Candy and I could be getting this wrong so feel free to fact check me but like something along the lines of like how dare Candy reference or or bring up the nephews um because the the people at the table don't even know what's going on but I thought the whole purpose of the mountain trip was specifically to support Marlo who was struggling with parenting relating to her nephews and to be there as a support so to then say these people don't necessarily need to don't have access to that info. So it's not your business to reveal it was confusing to me because I thought the whole point of that girl's trip was specifically based on that quote unquote reveal. Yeah. Also like what the hell happened at the end of that? I thought I missed something and it was like, Oh, all of a sudden Marlo just Marlo's the EP of the show. I had no idea. <laughs> now they all have to leave the the mountain. Like, what the fuck? I mean, okay, so there was something online. I forget, I and I'm going to attribute this to the wrong uh, creator, so my apologies. I think it was Bravo and Cocktails had some tea about this, and I don't know if this is true, and I don't remember. I honestly don't remember a lot of the specifics, but that there was a COVID situation that they had to actually cancel the trip because someone, maybe it was someone in the crew got COVID, and that that was the, the way to – uh, kind of wrap this up was to say that Marlo was really upset and I don't know if that's true but I did think it was interesting this is so stupid and this is so granular but welcome to Andy's girls when they were gathered in that like little the little like <laughs> quite literal friend circle when she's telling them that the trip is over they were eating out of to-go boxes which 
I thought was interesting considering they had a chef and everything. And my thinking is if something happened relating to COVID, it would make sense that they were having takeout because there would be no additional staff or anyone to help them. They're just like having a nosh before they skadoodle. It could also be they were filming and doing something outside. And that was just the plan for that day was to like not have a big ordeal. But I was like, ooh, note to self. Mm, like, yeah. <laughs> this might be a thing. I don't know if it was, but... Um, I mean, it was weird that they had no shots of them leave. Like it was no like yeah, transitional no, scene. Right. And, and it was maybe that was like the artistic move that they were making. But I think that there was something else that was going on. But that's sort of the theme for Atlanta that I find so interesting. The idea of something else happening that we're not discussing because there's this explosion of tension between Marlo and Candy that... I may well that maybe has been there that I haven't noticed, but according to even what Todd was saying at the dinner, which I'm so glad they kept in, like Candy and Todd have both been very supportive of Marlo. I have no reason to doubt that. I 100% believe what they're both saying. And yet Marlo has really made a decision to come after Candy. Do you think that's related to this being her first time peach holder or do you think that's just her personality I think it's a there seems to be a lot going on for her this season I don't know if that's what my my theory was that potentially she is always this sort of explosive always dealing with these kinds of anger issues and we didn't see it because she wasn't full-time and that's what they were concerned about is maybe potentially. Is she too angry for the show? Is she too dark or something like that? Um, But I, you know, obviously I don't know. I mean, when you say dark, do you mean in her referencing, like going very low in, because it's not, Marlo does go absurdly low in her responses to people, um, which has come up in in fights with Kenya, it's come up over the course of several seasons, some of which has made remarkable television. I mean, telling Kim yes. Zolciak, bah, bah, bah. oh, no, he wouldn't. You're a whore. I mean, that I could watch that over and over until forever. But um, so the marker of going low and being cutting can often help a person on Housewives because not many people will do it. It is a somewhat rare skill set to deliver the bombs as Marlo has is this also though the concern that people had with her being full-time because she was able to deliver them very effectively part-time so where is the surprise here that she would be different that she would have softened well I think also I mean I'm not certain I'm not really mad about it because like the alternative was that we were going to watch them fake look for gems in bags of sand but like you know Marlo Marlo derailed an afternoon for hours like a planned activity like Marlo single-handedly held them back from going to it for what was it like two or three hours I know the clock that I loved stopped at an hour and a half. It surely lasted a lot longer. Than okay. That. Well, yeah. All right. So maybe an hour and a half, but like, no, it was longer. It was, that was, I think just when the clock was like, I'm tired. You're not paying <laughs> me enough. But like, you know, that I, I'm not saying that the, it made for worse television than otherwise, but like, that's a lot of work to deal with someone like that. Like that's intense. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying she's more intense than the other ones, but it seems like she's I I just can't tell she's really kind of going through something and it's making her angry and having her lash out at everybody. Or if she is just that's this is baseline. I mean, and the idea, by the way, of someone being, quote unquote, angry is which I think of as like reactive um, and potentially explosive. I mean, I keep thinking of Lisa Rinna. So it's mm. like Marlo's not the only person in the universe who's doing things that are confusing. I would argue that her value to Atlanta is more important um, whilst noting that we may not be able to break through kind of unpacking what's behind this, certainly not in her first season full time. But Lisa Rinna... 
is really doing an awful lot with a lot less seemingly in targeting people and not being able to let go where it's like where is the intention here where I'm watching Marlo and Candy and Todd I'm like something is going on I don't know if it's a matter of like feeling this person or these people know too much about me not even in a bad way but like how much I wanted this and so I need to weaponize that versus Lisa Rinna with Sutton where it's like there's a lot of anger here and you're telling us it's related to the grief of your mom, but is that really what's happening? And Kyle standing right behind her, backing her, like, you know, egging her on. And what is their deal with Sutton? Like truly though, what is their deal with Sutton? Kyle refused to listen again for Mm -hmm. the nine millionth time always with Sutton to listen to Sutton putting up boundaries and explicitly say even if it was as an aside to Garcelle you know this person you can sense when they're tensing Mm -hmm. and when they're not interested in in having a discussion as they're literally saying they're not interested in having that discussion you're pushing past this person's boundaries because Kyle thinks this is her job she's done it effectively regardless of whether or not you like her for many seasons, but something is going very wrong now that maybe people have felt like for a while, but it it seems to not be working out to Kyle's benefit as it did in seasons past. Yeah. I can't tell if it's a more harsh edit or if like she's losing her touch of subtlety. I think it, it maybe is a combination of the both. Like there was a moment where she was laughing where I was like, Listen, and as somebody, the proud owner of a spectacular cackle, I was watching her laugh and I was like, ooh, it's giving like Batman villain. And like I'm getting. She is the villain of the season. She is, right? Yeah. Even though, you know, we feel the way we feel about different people. I think it's so weird for me to say this as someone who has had Kyle in my top five for several years. She is, she is, you know, I had this conversation with her in my mind on pause it's tough she's not handling it well according to my imagination but it's just the process of life um but there is something there's something afoot here to be honest I've never liked her I don't know what it is I think I always sort of found her boring and now I'm like um I don't like her but I see the value in like I, I I like the ganging up on her which is so mean but like I think it's sometimes it's good for people to be honestly criticized and to hear it and probably not in the vitriolic way that I'm sure she's getting it online mm, but yeah, like or like fuck off bitch whatever yeah or like but, die yeah. whatever like that's too much Jesus. but yeah that's too much guys <laughs> it's too much but yeah. to be told like you're being a very bad friend and most people are having that reaction regardless of whether or not they like Sutton most people are like okay you what is your deal stop like and I hope that she's hearing it do you think that she could though how how when you get a barrage of people saying negative things about you I mean we'll see what happens if if and when pushback is said by Andy at the reunion but like do you think that she's listening to do you think that she's able to listen to it I think it depends if she is doing it on purpose or not like oh that's a great question I mean if she if she really is like I know what I'm doing I don't like Sutton she's annoying I'm gonna fuck with her this season then she's like no I don't care that's what I was trying to do okay yeah it was mean whatever but if she that thinks she's a good friend and everyone's like no babe that's not what you're doing it's mm-hmm. possible she'll take it in it's a weird moment in the sense that like one could argue as someone who feels like I understand Kyle a little bit and I hold her account once once again as I have to say in my hand in my head in my lady brain but like I do feel like she does it as a representative 
of the show with a capital S where when she says, oh, and I'm going to ask you, son. Oh, okay, you're telling me not to do it. Going to do it anyway, ma'am. This is the ride that you've picked. We're we're on the roller coaster. It's going to go down and up for you. And you're just the one who chooses to take it. This is a part of the admission where she keeps doing it. And I think that she feels she's doing it as a service to the show. But like what happens when it's not in service to the show because it feels so inorganic? I think there's a division between the women who get that they are at work and the women who would like it to still be sort of their actual lives. And Mm. like Crystal being embarrassed that they were fighting in front of strangers or just her friends or people who weren't on the show. It's like, no, Rinna gets it. She's at work right now. This is her job. So she's going Mm. to fight you and then sob. Um, you are a human being who still like emotes normally. So you're embarrassed. And that's the same thing I felt when, oh my God, fucking this new girl on Atlanta. Her name is Sonia, right? Sonia. God, she drives me nuts. When she- oh my God, I love her. Really? She does something- I, yeah, I'm super into her. Even okay, she does something I don't agree with. I'm like, snaps to Sonia Richards. Oh, no, I'm I'm sorry. You let, you you got me at Olympian gold medal multiple times and like boss bitch. Like, I'm so into her. I'm I, impressed. I, I know. But I'm also I like, know. she keeps saying- I know, I'm saying, into her personality. I'm also into her personality. She keeps saying, you know, this is my work trip. This is my work trip. Everyone has yeah. to be normal. Like, get, get it together. I'm like- Bitch, this is everyone's work trip, okay? You're all at work and your job this weekend is to fight and then make up and then fight again and make it interesting for television. It's not to do cut fitness or whatever the fuck you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Not cut fitness. Anyone's heard that. Oh my God. Well, but isn't that a part of the universe is to like present the idea that there are stakes here and for her the stakes aren't necessarily friendship the stakes are professional yes so that when stuff happens there's almost an entrance for her to be like no you can't because it's work but I'm also like babe do not go up against these titans these like <laughs> Kenya Marlo Candy oh. do not tell them what to do like I get it's like you're you are doing your work trip, but nobody nobody cares. Nobody cares about you yet. Like stay in your I lane. I care. <laughs> I care, Sonia. <laughs> so it's her. Also, wait, we're gonna talk about nobody cares and we're gonna say Sonia is the problem and not Drew. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really? Okay, but what, what Drew is doing is she is um being very grandiose about her actual involvement it's sort of like when um girls on college campuses become like red bull girls and they you know drive around ambassadors yeah yeah where they'll like they'll get a bunch of free red bull and their job is to give it out to other college students to like get kids hooked on red bull what you haven't heard of this? They drive around in those little Red Bull cars. We have. I want a Red Bull car. Is it like a skinny girl car where it's like the thing is like on it and you <laughs> yeah, just it's like, like get made a fan of by Luann of UW Bug or whatever? What is it? And, and I feel like Drew doesn't understand that she didn't start a company. Like she is, she has, <laughs> she's just like a Red Bull girl for this fitness thing. And she keeps saying it's like, you're losing weight because of my involvement. It's like, no, babe, you're like a spokesperson, kind of. Yeah, but that's like the fun of it is like just kind of like a fuck up in everything except for performance because she she has had a successful career in acting, but like she's trying to act like a housewife and I just don't think that's working out very well for her, which is great. It's kind of like, I don't know, I... I don't know. I keep referencing clown shows inappropriately as responses to things. And I just think of her and I'm like, that's fun. Like she's like, <laughs> she like thinks she's like the, you know, like MC or whatever it's called at the circus. Oh, and it's yeah. like, I don't think that's what your role is here. I think that your husband's treating you like a clown. Oh God. Her being explained what gaslighting is. That was great. <laughs> Her going on Watch What Happens and saying when your husband wants something, your primary job in your entire life is to fulfill that and literally nothing else matters. Oh, man. That's so funny. Oh, my God. I want to. I mean, I mean, it is in the sense of like 
no, that's not. I, how is that working out for you? Because all if all we care about is your husband's happiness, but he doesn't seem terribly happy as he continues to manipulate you about literally everything. How is that working out for you? Oh, very bad. Very poorly. I just keep thinking like, imagine imagining if I like changed my entire personality and I did that for my husband, like that would be so (laughs) insane. That's so insane. Like what, what, who told you that that's, that's the key here? Like, no. Honestly, who doesn't do that to some terrible extent as a woman? Oh, sure. Trying to navigate dating. It's just the extent that she does it to. It's like a remind. The thing that I hate about it is that it's a reminder to me of like toxic behavior that I have exhibited to try to make someone feel good in a relationship. The idea that it has been expressed that it's my responsibility to take it, to take poor behavior because it was a result of this other person's process. And so what I hate about it, when I watched that moment, I watched what happens, which was like so cringe. What I hated about it was that she was so clearly stating what is like an underlying, the underlighting, under lying stormy dark waters of navigating dating for so many people it doesn't have to be woman specific but the idea that like when you're with someone who's providing an environment based on some of this it's so toxic and yet she processes it and proselytizes it in such a way that's I don't know it's it's it, I don't know how the reunion is going to be for her. They they recorded it today. We're recording this on Thursday. They shot it today. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how Drew processes a day in the life of Drew, let alone the housewifery of it all. Oh God, I feel bad for her. I wish she dated a less abusive man. I wish she was with someone who was less toxic, but it's just so interesting that now he is being given a platform to talk about his own experiences, excuse me, his own experiences navigating being a step parent, which is, (laughs) I mean, but it's like a conversation that could have value. It's just that like if knowing what we know about the toxicity of their relationship and the reveals that she's seemingly receiving on camera, not being given any heads up to, but is also like being asked to co-sign and write the foreword to his book to help sell the book. It's just like, let alone, are is she able to read it before it gets released? Like, who's helping, who is he allowing helping him write his story? Yeah, the, also not, like- Not the book, but like the story of your family. And he, I'm sorry, he wrote a book? When? He did? I think he wrote it the way every housewife has written their book, where they have Brian conversations. Brian <laughs> I don't know that Brian was involved in this one, but shout out to Brian. Um, I, I think it could be a little bit of a pretty mess, but I, <laughs> I don't know. I think he's going through the process that any many many prominent people do when they become quote-unquote authors where he's going to work with someone and they'll have some zooms and then 300 pages magically arrive but it's just it's a wild thing to see toxicity in play and then know that he's working on a guide which I I don't want to take away from the potential value of the conversation but I also think it's so interesting that he's writing about his experiences to help other people but like where is the help to your wife? Yeah. And I'm trying to think of what house husband who is a step parent, I would want to read their perspective, but it's definitely not his. Like who's, I mean, step parent or uh, yeah, if it's specific to step parents, but also even as a, as a parent, like which husband, but step parent, okay, I'm thinking in my head, Jersey. Um, oh, Marge's husband, Joe. I guess. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, New York, I can't think of any, but oh, uh, maybe, nope, that's not a step parent. Um, I was going to say Leah's 
um, ex because oh, right. not a step parent, no. but just even like navigating parenting could be interesting. Um, can't think of anybody on Dallas, but nobody cares. Uh, Salt don't really Lake, think, no. No, don't really think that like Alexia and Todd's story, that Todd's perspective is really the one. I would love to read a book about Alexia and the kids and stuff, but even, I don't know. I no, don't know. he's a bad that's a bad example. <laughs> He's not. Yeah, good. that might not be the one. That might not be the one. And, um, you know, Beverly Hills or Orange County. I don't know if Eddie gets a, a lot of step parenting because I don't know what if she if he has contact with her kids or maybe some of them, but they're not really kids anymore. Yeah, but I think that he probably has some interesting stuff to say It when it comes to co-parenting, the ways that we watch so many of these housewives go through difficult relationships in many cases ending in separation and navigating co-parenting or parental alienation is so fascinating to me as someone whose parents have been married for over 50 years just in the sense of like the parental alien like the idea which is not a critique at all but just um, trying to understand more how you get to the point of only being able to communicate through a court-ordered app or mm. refusing to acknowledge, which is the case, I think, with um, Megan King Edmonds and Jim. Yeah. Or with Shannon and David, where they mm-hmm. he refuses to acknowledge her existence and won't communicate to her mm-hmm. and with her and how that affects your children, I don't care how old they are. I don't care if they're of age. I don't care if they're in college. You're, you know, you're still, you still, you know, potentially want to have a relationship where you, your parents acknowledge each other's existence. If that is safe and healthy, which is a huge caution there, not knowing the specifics, but that's got to be tough. Oh, absolutely. And I think it, yeah, it is, that is always interesting to see. I think watching, watching people parent, it's, it's tricky because like it can be exceptionally boring or in, <laughs> cause it's like just dealing with childcare, but in a lot of situations, it can also be riveting and speak a lot to their actual character and how they are. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that um, Denise Richards, what made so many people mm. fall in love with her is that she seemed like such an incredible mom. Mm-hmm. And then it was really shocking the ways that it turned. And turned just even in the sense of like the press being involved or things being handled in a way where she the conversation was adjusted maybe because the the child was having a conversation online like the level of her parenting may not have changed but there was the inclusion of private tension or a child's aggravation or whatever it is how that can adjust the temperature in the room because at that point you're a parent trying to continue to do the consistent parenting that you're you're doing in unlikely abnormal circumstances and then the kid's voice becomes a part of a conversation in a way that maybe is a part of growth in the time of social media but in a way that's challenging you know it's just how do you navigate that as a celebrity and as a known individual and as a parent and as a potential care co-parent and you know in Denise's case through the lens of housewives children watching and feeling like they see parents that remind them of their own on the housewives i recommend this incredible book that i think i have on my desk oh, oh yes it's called adult children of emotionally immature <laughs> parents oh my god okay and should we just acknowledge here the the one acknowledgement that you may have uh, that you recommend this as a book you know, and also that your name may be familiar to people who have heard you through your um, stepmom and and dad through their their journey on Housewives, which I guess people could Google for more. We don't really need to get into that now. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying 
I'm not identifying a specific parent here. I'm just saying this yeah. book is very good. <laughs> Emotionally immature parent. I think PK, my fish son, is going <laughs> to be going on Amazon Prime tonight and ordering himself a copy, which because he does unfortunately have fins, I guess I will have to read to him every night and learn something about <laughs> myself and my own emotional immaturity. Shout out to PK Kemsley Galley, who will not be getting new teeth. No matter how many times he asks me to rewatch certain scenes. Listen, Veronica Leventhal, we, I could talk to you forever. You're coming to the Clawfist the next time you come back yeah. to EG. I'd love to have you back. I will. Thank you. I would love that. Shout out again. What was Dewey? Is <laughs> Dewey still with us on the bed, chilling, living his best life? He absolutely is. He's gotten closer to the computer. Yeah. Because he heard the names of house husbands and he started growling and saying how can I protect these wonderful women from these horrible horrible dogs um listen Veronica can people follow you on social get more of your thoughts are we keeping it private we keeping it public what are we doing um are yeah people... you can just request my Instagram is not underscore Topanga it is private but for work so but you can request and as long as your name is not really similar to one of my clients names I will probably accept it Oh, that's interesting. Because I work with kids. That's the case, I think, for a lot of people in sensitive jobs where it's you really have to be careful about um, your presence on social. So um, listen, thanks for coming on AG and for letting us know all your thoughts and feels. And guys, speaking of thoughts and feels, the Andy's Girls Patreon, number one way to support the pod, patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. Put up a new episode with some behind the scenes tea from my delightful evening at Watch What Happens Live, which you can listen to now. Follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. Let me know your thoughts and feels. I'm going to do a satchel spectacular reacting to your thoughts on all things housewifery. So please send me your thoughts and feels if it's a thesis style satchel you know i love length uh andy's girls show at gmail.com is the way to email that to me um in the meantime thanks for coming back on he this was such a delight perfect way to spend my thursday guys hope you're all doing okay and we will chat with you soon bye bye